Hello， 同情家族，欢迎收听 Look Back Sunday。在这个节目，姜老师会汇整过去不同国家与主题的热门跟读文章，让你可以在十五分钟内吸收最精华的世界时事趣闻。Let's get right to it. Newspapers in New York, like their readers, are vanishing. Kenny Hospot is, in some ways, a typical reader of the Daily News. He's a construction worker from Queens who's lived in the city most of his life. He always liked reading the comics and the horoscope in the news. How long since he last bought a copy of the paper? Hospot laughed. I would say like fifteen years. Camel Brown is another archetypal customer for New York's hometown newspaper, as the Daily News styles itself. He's a maintenance worker for the Metropolitan Transportation Authority. He's 55 years old. He grew up buying the paper for his grandmother in Brooklyn. When she was finished reading it, I'd pick it up, flip back, and start with the sports. Brown said. He doesn't remember the last time he bought it. When he paged through a copy at a friend's home this past week, he was unimpressed. Tristan Dominguez, on the other hand, is still a big Daily News fan. It's the only place you see anything local. Dominguez said at a bodega in Washington Heights, where a stack of papers sat behind the counter. He reads the paper mostly online and through Twitter. All of this helps explain why there was an air of inevitability about the news Monday that the organization was laying off half its editorial staff. Once upon a time, the Daily News sold more than two million papers a day. Now its circulation is only about a tenth of that, and the paper's non-hometown owner, the Chicago-based media company Trunk. Which bought the paper in 2017 does not have the patience for non-profitability that the prior owner Mort Zuckerman did. At a cultural moment when the very idea of New York City as a hometown is quickly dissolving, and when most people get their news from some sort of glowing screen, the thirst for local ink is not what it used to be. And those who do crave hard-hitting coverage that holds officials accountable for the state of the city were not pleased to hear about the layoffs. You need those old-school people because they know what they're doing. Roseanne Nunziata, a manager at the New Apollo Diner in downtown Brooklyn, said of the Daily News staff of veteran shoe leather reporters, many of whom are now pounding the pavement in search of employment. They know how to sneak in and get their stories, and know how to get witnesses to talk and do their thing. The New York Post, the Daily News's longtime rival for tabloid dominance, has seen its circulation plummet too. Rupert Murdoch, whose News Corp owns the Post, has long tolerated the paper's unprofitability, but there may come a time when his successors have far less stomach for red ink. Next article. Dumplings tempt New Yorkers with pizza, peanut butter flavors, and no human contact. 
New Yorkers can now get their dumpling fix from an automat with no human contact, and the adventurous can order flavors ranging from pepperoni pizza to peanut butter and jelly. While the Brooklyn dumpling shop in the city's East Village offers traditional pork and chicken bite-sized treats, chicken parm or Philly cheesesteak are also on the menu. Spurred by the pandemic and technology advances, the Brooklyn Dumpling Shop is delivering food via automat 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Embrace technology, because technology is something that has to be embraced by hospitality business to thrive," said the shop's owner Stratus Morfogan. Next article. New York lawmakers pass bill allowing gender-neutral X option in government documents. The New York State Assembly has passed a bill that would allow people who do not identify as either male or female to use X as a marker to designate their sex on driver's licenses. The new marker would help transgender, non-binary, and intersex individuals' identity be recognized in government documents, according to a statement from Assembly Speaker Carl Heasty and Assembly Member Daniel O'Donnell. The provisions in this bill will make life safer, reduce the stigma, and affirm the identities for so many of our friends and neighbors, O'Donnell said in the statement. Next article. Looking back on 100 years of New York City drinking culture, from gritty to elegant, the history of drinking in America goes straight through the heart of New York. As with so many aspects of the city, that history has run from gritty to stylish and back again. For generations, taverns and saloons were largely places for men to gather. Drink, gamble, and chew tobacco. Those places could be discerning, as with Francis Tavern, a still existent bar patronized in the 18th century by the likes of George Washington and his soldiers, or more suited to the average Joe, like McSorley's Old Ale House, which opened in the mid 19th century and until 1970, admitted only men. By the time McSorley's had opened, many American bartenders had made a point of inventing what we now think of as craft cocktails. The atmosphere at these locales were often hostile and crude. Prohibition changed all that. The idea of bars as hospitable, welcoming spaces gained traction when liquor sales became illegal. With the advent of speakeasies. Owners and bartenders suddenly had a new clientele: women. The social appeal of speakeasies pulled them into new and vibrant communal spaces. Alongside the new customers came bar stools, live jazz, and a new breed of cocktails. Despite the end of prohibition in 1933, these changes to New York's drinking culture endured, opening up the cocktail scene to a broader audience. By the 1960s and into the 80s and 90s, bar culture in New York had become as varied and textured as the city itself. 
cocktail bars got yet another revival at the Rainbow Room, where Dale DeGraff took over the drinks program. In the village, the Stone Wall Inn and others became centers for gay culture, while uptown venues like the Shark Bar attracted a mostly African-American clientele. Today, despite an unfortunate turnover rate, modern New York cocktail bars are doing their best to foster a sense of community and hospitality. It's the spirit that an editorial writer for the Brooklyn Eagle captured in an 1885 column quoted by David Wondrich in his book Unbibe, the modern American, the paper observed, looks for civility and he declines to go where rowdy instincts are rampant. But American bars are not by definition civil. Luckily, it's as easy to find your watering hole fit today as it was a century ago. Good job and thanks for tuning in. 想要收听更多过去的跟读单元以及节目，欢迎到我们官网 www.15minutes.today。有兴趣John老师以及其他资深英语老师对谈的节目，记得周末也要回来收听我们同情学英语。Catch you in the next one.